Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, it was an announcement those working with Atlanta's PAD program had long waited to hear. Now, here's Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens from the recent State of the City address. Our policing alternatives and diversion, also known as PAD, and 311 give us another way to deal with people experiencing unique challenges. And our administration is putting $4.5 million towards expanding PAD to get us closer to operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But what exactly will the funding go towards as well? We'll find out. Also, we open the archives vault and revisit a listener favorite. You should recognize this voice. Get the hell away from me. I don't want it. Don't want it. Don't need it. Don't want to see it. Get away. (laughs) The character is Thelma Harper from the television comedy Mama's Family. And of course, that's a legendary comedic actor, author, and yes, even a singer, Vicki Lawrence from one of our conversations. We'll revisit that. Now, all that's coming up. But first, this Senator John Ossoff took to the Beltline yesterday to promote a $5 million federal investment in the trail. WABE's Sam Greenglass tagged along. And Senator, we'll continue to walk, get your, get your steps, and you got your watch on? Okay. Beltline President Clyde Higgs is walking with Senator Ossoff on an unfinished stretch of the Southside Beltline Trail. Right now, it's just a tree-lined gravel path that extends under I-85 between the Pittsburgh and Peoplestown neighborhoods. Infrastructure, unfortunately, had the legacy of separating communities. Now we have the opportunity to reconnect Restitch, re-knit 45 distinct neighborhoods within the city of Atlanta. The $5 million Ossoff helped write into the federal budget should help complete this south side section next year. The 22-mile Beltline is expected to cost almost $5 billion by the time it's done in 2030. Ossoff says helping the Beltline reach more neighborhoods should make Atlanta more livable for everyone. Among those solutions in the long term, are accelerating and advancing the completion of the Beltline in a way that ensures there's access to affordable housing, in a way that ensures there's access to affordable nutrition and groceries. Wherever it goes, the Beltline has spurred new shopping, jobs, housing, walkability. All this new investment has raised issues around affordability and gentrification as rents and property values go up. At the same time, it's driven some parts of town untouched by the Beltline to press for offshoot trails into their neighborhoods so they can get in on the action as well. 
Sam Greenglass, WABE News. In other news, how can health providers and historically black colleges and universities better address the mental health needs of its students? That was the subject of a discussion at the Morehouse School of Medicine this week. It brought together White House officials, mental health experts, and representatives from HBCUs across the South. Spelman College graduate Celine Craig spoke at the event. She said many HBCU students face stigma that keeps them from seeking counseling for mental health issues. When I went into Spelman, it was like, you want to be this superwoman, black woman. You want to be the best. You want to be the smartest, well-spoken, have the best grades. I had super depression, suicidal thoughts, and I had a big cloud over my head. Other topics of discussion at the event included the mental health impacts of the pandemic on those students who were also affected by COVID-19. This year's Atlanta Film Festival kicks off today with more than 150 films available for viewing across the city and online. This year, the this this year the Icinemas specialty category spotlights 10 films from Latin American filmmakers. As we hear from Emily Wu Pearson, organizers about this say this is something that can connect all audiences. The feature film She and I tells the story of a mother who was in a coma for 20 years and suddenly wakes up. Her family lived their lives around her, and when she came to, she had to rebuild her world in a space where her place in her family's lives was diminished. Chris Escobar is the executive director of the film festival and said this film surprised him. What's remarkable about it is how much you can relate to so many of the characters, despite that being, you know, I think most of us are never in that situation, right? The film from Brazil is in Portuguese and will be shown online as part of the cinema's collection. Escobar said this collection was curated to show different stories or familiar stories through a different lens. You leave so rewarded of not only having experienced some of these things that made you laugh, cry, you know, or both, right? Uh, but also understand more about yourselves, your relationships, understand more about people who live such a different experience than you do. Escobar also said the spotlight categories shows how the city of Atlanta has grown in diversity. For more about the film festival, visit WABE online. Emily Wu Pearson, WABE News. Yes, lots of great films. I've seen some of them. And finally, the Atlanta Hawks need a win. Really, really bad. The team is down two games in the best-of-seven playoff format against the Miami Heat. It's the first round of the NBA playoffs for Friday. It's game three back here at State Farm Arena. Tip-off is 7 p.m. Let's go, Hawks. You know, whether we're talking about sports or politics or scooters on the belt line, it's all these types of conversations, news reports, features, and interviews heard every day on WABE and, of course, Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott, in case you don't know. So we are in the spring fundraiser. We're asking for your donations because, you know what, it helps us to create better understanding, interesting interviews, and a few smiles. That's what we strive for. So right now, we're going to give you yet another reason to give. I'm joined this hour by Raul Bali, half of our dynamic WABE politics reporting team. Raul, welcome. Good to see you. It's great to see you in person because normally I'm talking to you at the Capitol. So yes. It's Great to be in studio talking to you. So uh, I want to tell our audience, you know, if you, you know, this, by the way, this is my first pledge drive. I know. So I am really excited. I'm critiquing you. I've got my pad right here. Oh, notes afterwards. We'll see what happens at two, (laughs) two o'clock. So what we're doing right now is a drawing for a $250 uh, Visa gift card. We're looking for first-time donations, especially because this is my first pledge drive at WABE. This is where I'm looking for first-time donations. And, And this drawing is open to anybody who donates from now until the end of Closer Look. So, so really good odds, y'all. You know, it's, it's join in right now and see if you can get the $250. So, uh, 
right now your gift is in this fundraiser helps us, you know, it helps us with Closer Look, mm -hmm. you know, and all the reasons you listen to WABE. You know, please take a moment and give. If it's your first donation, like it's my first pledge drive, you can go to wabe.org slash donate, or you can call 678 553 9090. That's 678-553-9090. My name is Gabrielle and I am from East Point, Georgia. I feel like on television, on the news, it's a lot of noise and a lot of people just talking and not really saying anything. And on WABE, I feel like the conversations that are had are at a higher level. My favorite show to listen to on WABE is Closer Look. I really enjoy the topics that they discuss. But the things that I really appreciate is that they really go into really specific detail in the day-to-day, behind-the-scenes things that are happening in Atlanta that nobody else is talking about. Conversations at a higher level. You know, and, and they and thanks thanks to to Gabrielle from East Point. You know, she sees the value in the great conversations that 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 you and I have from the state capitol where we can just we can take that extra moment to talk about the mental health bill mm -hmm. or legalizing, you know, raw milk. And I know that sounds silly, but there were so many interesting things around that, you know, happening with the state budget. You know, mm -hmm. it's 30 billion dollars spent on this state. So, talking about dollars a few dollars from you right now to help us do what we do. We'd love for you to take a few moments. Go to wabe.org slash donate or call, again, 678-553-9090, 678-553-9090. Thanks. And you know what else is really cool, Raul, because sustainer giving is really it's become this this fastest way that it's most popular too for folks to give it's a great way to fit your gift into your monthly budget now most listeners give about 10 bucks a month i say do what works best for you if you think that is an amount that's worked for you well think about this how much is a monthly video or music streaming service cost um probably around 10 bucks maybe well now it's a little bit more <laughs> um a couple of cups of premium coffee now in my household i don't know what premium means i just look for what's on sale so i go with that also think about this 10 bucks a month maybe that's an impulse buy at the checkout counter and i've been there too but here's what's really interesting what i want folks to understand 84 percent of our funding comes from this community this community that we serve your donation right now during Closer Look, really will help us in our efforts to amplify the voices of Atlanta. So go ahead, give us a call, 678-553-9090, or give online at wabe.org slash donate. And as always, thank you so much. When you give to WABE as a new sustainer at $10 a month, we'd like to thank you with our brand new Amplifying Atlanta mug. It features illustrations of some of Atlanta's most iconic landmarks, along with our beloved WABE hosts. And it was designed by Atlanta artist Fabian Williams. It's yours as a monthly donor at $10 a month or with an annual gift of $120. And you'll get a bonus gift, the PBS Streaming Channel Passport. Please give monthly. It only takes a moment at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And thanks. And remember, when you give today, your name is being entered into a drawing to win that $250 Visa gift card. And this is important, too. For full contest details, visit wabe.org slash contest rules. No one in my household can win. Nobody in my family can win. 
I don't know about Raul. I don't know what y'all doing over there. Y'all can't win either. <laughs> um, but your odds of winning are pretty good right now. I'd say they're about what? One in one in eleven. Yeah, because that's our goal right now. Eleven donations. So please give at WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. By the way, when you listen or if you're listening to the evening rebroadcast of Closer Look, we're also going to enter you into the drawing, too. So be sure to give your gift as well. Again, wabe.org slash donate. Or you can call 678-553-9090. Apparently, that's the old-fashioned way, but we'll walk you through the process. Thank you so much. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. There was an analysis from the Center for American Progress and the Law Enforcement Action Partnership where they examined 911 police calls for service from eight cities. Here's what they found, that 23 to 39 percent of calls were low priority or non-urgent, while only 18 to 34 percent of calls were life-threatening. Now, to be clear, Atlanta was not one of the cities they surveyed. But here's what's interesting. The center's overall assessment was that a significant portion of 911 calls are related to quality of life and other low-priority incidents that may require a time-sensitive request, but are better suited to civilian responders rather than armed police officers, close quote. Our next guests are quite familiar with this issue. They're with the nonprofit PAD, which is an acronym for Policing Alternatives and Diversion Initiative. And during Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens' first State of the City address recently, he made this announcement. Part of my balanced approach to dealing with crime is attacking the root causes of crime. A police response is not always necessary for people who are dealing with mental illness and other circumstances We have a non-emergency response. Our policing alternatives and diversion, also known as PAD, and 311 give us another way to deal with people experiencing unique challenges. And our administration is putting $4.5 million towards expanding PAD to get us closer to operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So here's a question, several questions. What exactly does this mean for the PAD organization? Well, joining me now in studio is Moki Macias, executive director of PAD, and also China Corker, referral manager for the organization. Had so many conversations with you all before. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Rose. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Director uh, Macias, let me start with you, because I, I received an email from someone who said it's so important that folks understand Experiencing homelessness, experiencing a mental health issue is not a crime. 
that and that's directly from the emailer. Just your thoughts on that, because often I think when people hear about what you're doing, oh, these folks are committing a crime. That's why the police were called. Is that the case? Yeah, thank you for that. So, you know, I think what's really important in changing how we respond to these kind of concerns is first to acknowledge that oftentimes these are concerns that do need to be addressed, right? The folks that we see are often, they represent a story of the way the system has failed in other capacities, right? We don't have the housing that we need. We don't need the kind of supportive services we need for people dealing with a mental health concern or dealing with substance use. And so these are legitimate concerns. What I think has gotten us to the complicated space that we're in today that we're trying to sort of unravel is that these concerns have been treated as a an enforcement issue alone. And so police officers have been treated as the default response um, and and are just doing their jobs in enforcing the you know the laws on the books. But in fact, we recognize that there is a much more appropriate response that will do better to address the underlying concern. China, what do you want to add to that, to what the emailer said? Yeah, I just think that, you know, right now they there are plenty of people in the community that just have unmet needs, whether it be mental health needs, substance use needs, or just survival activities. You know, folks are currently in communities trying to survive. And so long as we are criminalizing what people are doing to survive, is, as long as we'll need PAD and, and the services that we're able to offer. Let's back up a little bit for our listeners not familiar with the backstory of PAD and, and the, the organization. Uh, Director Macias, how did all this come about? Sure. So we started as a pilot project in 2017. It came out of an organizing campaign led by the Solutions Not Punishment Coalition. There were community members, advocates, people who had been formerly incarcerated, people who had been, um, you know, engaged in survival sex work in, in these neighborhoods coming together to say, you know, we recognize that the safety net that we need and that many of our other community members needs do not exist. So until that safety net exists, let's not just keep locking people up for these same concerns, right? And so, you know, we started in 2017 to accept diversions directly from law enforcement when they could they could arrest somebody mm-hmm. for a particular issue. We had four staff at the time. Uh, we've evolved in ways that we, I don't think, could have dreamed possible, um, and including, of course, the successful partnership with ATL 311 to provide a direct in-person response without police. So in 2017, you just had four staff members. That's right. And we should note you are are not an agency of the city. You are an independent nonprofit. That's right. And actually, it came out of a partnership between the city and Fulton County to establish a joint response, uh, you know, to provide an alternate response for law enforcement. But, you know, what has it has evolved into is the ability to sort of leverage the public services that exist, such as 311, and partner with these specialized response teams like that we represent. And China, take our listeners through how initially PAD was operating, because I believe you, you, you were only responding in select neighborhoods at first, correct? Yeah, when we first uh, began, we were predominantly responding in zones five and six. And so, which la- is for listeners not familiar, what what are those neighborhoods? It's it's the downtown uh, downtown area um, right around um, where the city jail is currently, and then also like the little Five Points area. Um, and you know, last year we were able to go through our citywide expansion, and now we're able to respond to all of the zones. So we're we're in Buckhead, we're in uh, you know South Atlanta. We are we are you know citywide. And typically the calls, who would respond and what were the calls about? Maybe someone experiencing homelessness, perhaps if someone was 
asking or soliciting folks for money, which depending on whom the caller was, they would say the person was being aggressive or the person just needs like they need some help. Those type of calls. Yeah. So we typically respond to those non-emergency calls where there is someone that is seeking assistance, whether it be, you know, from panhandling, whether they are um, sleeping outside of a business because they don't have somewhere else to go um, or soliciting services. We are able to send our two person harm reduction team. They come in our pad van and they're able to go out, engage that person within 30 minutes and determine what their immediate needs are whether it be a connection to support with shelter or treatment, um, whatever uh, assistance looks like to them. So folks call 311, not 911. They exactly. call 311, and then it's it's a two-person response team. Yeah, so I can just walk you through it. So what actually happens is when you call 311 um, and you select option one, it goes to a dedicated support services team who are PAT trained and able to assess uh, whether or not that call is um, something that PAT can respond to. Mm -hmm. At that time, they send it over to our referral coordination team um, who are PAD staff members and able to determine um, the appropriate response. It gets sent then to our harm reduction team, which is that two-person team um, who are trained to be able to respond to crises um, and also just determine what needs need to be met. Prior to this major announcement, which which we're going to get to, did you all feel like you had enough people to respond to the calls? I think I know the answer to that, Director Macias. Sure. So, you know, we leveraged the city's investment for in our first expansion um, by three to one. We were able to raise, you know, a, a private funds to be able to support that first expansion. But frankly, we've been operating with a skeleton crew. You know, um, we, for about 40% of our service hours, we had only two people, right? One team that could respond to calls. Were you 24 hours a day? No, we're not. So because we are lockstep with 311 as the initial uh, the initial call center, we actually align with the 311 hours. So that's that's Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. But I imagine there are a lot of calls that even try to come in after 7 p.m. Sure. You know, I, I think what we've seen in this expansion, you know, it has been very rapid. And so we recognize that, you know, we don't we don't want to go too fast um, and not provide the quality of service that we're committed to. Um, but what we recognize is that the number of calls that come in during during the hours we're available, frankly, the number of arrests that are still occurring in the hours that were available, we haven't scratched the surface on what we could do even within the current hours. What has been your operating budget on an annual basis? Sure. So for this in in this past year that we're closing out in June, we've had a four point five million dollar operating budget. What we're looking for um, with the announcement of the city's investment, with a four point five million dollar investment from the city, we'll actually be able to expand that budget to upwards of seven million um, to be able to double all of our in person teams, to be able to double our case management team, our outreach team, and our referral coordination team. And this is through the city, the city of Atlanta proper city limits. That's right. We should note your organization, PAD, co-sponsored a mayoral forum, which, full disclosure, I I moderated, in order to hear from the candidates as to their plans to address homelessness and the needs of those who might commonly interact with the police, but for non-emergency calls. How important was that forum for you all to hear what the candidates, you couldn't endorse anybody, but what did you learn or what did you gain in terms of insight, what folks knew and, and didn't know about your services? 
You know, what I thought was so important about the way we participated in that forum was that we really tried to highlight to candidates and to the public that PAD is a pathway, not the destination. And so for PAD to work, we have to invest in more destinations. We have to invest in the housing. We have to invest in 24-7 shelter. We need to invest in all of the places that then we connect people to. So I think that that was a really important conversation for candidates to start making that connection even more. I want to be clear because we had, I think I've had you on so many times on this program, and I've received emails from people who say, well, some of the, as these are their words, some of these folks need to go to jail because they're doing X, Y, and Z. But how has the perception, the mindset you think changed of a, about a program like this now because you are going to receive more funding? And, you know, sometimes for smaller nonprofits, and I work for a nonprofit, People have a perception about the work that you do and then that you're just trying to get money and so much of it will go to operation expenses and not to direct services. So do you feel like you all are in the eye now, uh, uh, folks under, you know, looking at you like, okay, now we're really going to make sure you all are doing what you say you're going to do because you got a lot of money now. <laughs> Which if you think $4.5 million, if you, <laughs> well, that's just my personal opinion, but... Yeah, I mean, just to answer your first part, you know, the referral coordination team, after every single call that we get, if that person gives their information, we call them back and we talk to them about what we're able to do for that person, what resources are available to that person. And it sparked conversations with community members when we were saying, you know, this is all we have available. These are the only shelters that are available. So they're starting to understand and recognize that, like, yes, we are the coordinating agency, but we can be doing so much more if we had more places to take people and if we had the appropriate appropriate resources that, that people really need. I have an email from a listener who says, Southwest Atlanta has been asking, advocating for this for more than a decade. Other cities have done it successfully. Residents, even though MPUs have been asking for seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and for more teams for quicker responses. I mean, quicker responses. In 30 minutes, a lot can happen. Is it possible to for you all now to maybe respond quicker? Or is that just on a case-by-case? Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to go back to what you started with, you know, this question of 911 calls coming in. And just, you know, we've done our own analysis of, of City of Atlanta 911 calls. And, you know, this tracks with other cities around the country that what we see is, you know, the vast majority of calls are coming in for, you know, non-life-threatening emergencies, many, many, many of which are um, for quality-of-life types of concerns. When a 911 call comes in for, for a concern like that, the response time from 911 tends to be in the range of, you know, upwards of an hour, if not more, right? Oh. So so we just I just want to recognize there that we would love to provide a very quick response at the same time we recognize just in terms of being realistic about mm-hmm. what what teams can do, you know, I don't want to overpromise that we would be able to be there faster than than even our police department can be. But I want to be clear, this does not mean you are ready to operate 24-7, or does it? It does not. So, you know, we have expanded very rapidly. Our expansion to citywide services is less than a year old. And so we really want to make sure that we are providing kind of quality response, the responsiveness responsive, excuse me, to community members, having those conversations with them, being really intentional about the work that we do before spreading ourselves too thin. Are there other models in other cities that you all are following or or are there other organizations that do the same work that maybe they have some initiatives or programming that you don't have yet that you would love to bring online? Yeah, thank you for that. So, you know, there are many 
cities around the country that have now moved into this space. And they may be doing it directly through city infrastructure, such as the city of Albuquerque, or they may be doing it more through a partnership model. Uh, I think what we want to see happen is that there is a continued investment in the infrastructure that would allow a more specialized holistic response for, for a lot more different types of calls, right? We really respond to those quality of life concerns. What would it look like if our city could also designate um, non-police responders for code enforcement concerns and mm -hmm. then could work with those small business owners to cure those concerns? The city of Tucson is doing that, for example. So, you know, I think for us, we don't want to be the only game in town. We think there's a lot of other uh, responses that could be stood up that we could be in partnership with. As we wrap up, what do you want folks to know about PAD? And again, if they ex they see or experience someone they think should benefit or could benefit from you all, again, what's the process? Call 311? Yeah, call 311, select option one, and you'll go ahead and be uh, sent over to the support services team. It will take all the information uh, that you have, and we'll, we'll send out our team. Now, if you see a stray cat, folks, don't call 311, <laughs> but, you know, call me. Uh, Moki Macias, Executive Director of PAD and also China Corker, Referral Manager for the organization. We'll have links to your website. Thank you so much for coming in and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the service you're trying to provide to help so many people. Thanks Thank so much. You. And Closer Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up in just a moment, we open up the Closer Look vault and revisit a conversation you all have said are your favorites. Now, earlier in the week, we revisited the one with Lou Gossett Jr. Well, today it's another veteran, one of the funniest women ever, Vicki Lawrence. That's just ahead. But we're going to take a moment to tell you the reason we're having a fundraiser like this is pretty simple. We're looking for donations to help cover the cost of programs like Closer Look and City Lights, you know what? Because we understand the value of these programs and we understand the value, literally, that you all can help with do that. So please take a moment to give monthly now at wabe.org slash donate. I'm joined this hour by our WABE politics reporter, Raul Bali, because he's got something great to tell you. Tell him, Raul. Rose, as you mentioned, we're looking for folks to, to cover our cost and, and, and we have a little incentive. For this hour and this hour only, it's a $250 Visa gift card. This drawing is open to anybody who donates this hour, this hour only. And so your odds right now are one in eight. That's, that's a really good odds Pretty right good, there. Yeah. Hopefully better than the Hawks odds. But, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to. Hey, I got tickets for Sunday. Stick and move, Raul. Stick I, I, and move. The family and I, we're going Sunday night. So. I don't know after you said that, but go ahead. <laughs> Watch Steve Coonan find me. He'll find me there. So, but the drawings open, and 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 I I, I want to tell you about some of the people who have donated. Some some mess. Betty from Lithia Springs has donated. Leroy from Alpharetta, and he had a nice little comment. Y'all said to do a good job. I'm, I assume he's talking about Rose, not me. But y'all did a good job. I'm giving back. And then Alexandra from Atlanta. I hope you'll join us here too. Um, and again, two hundred fifty dollar gift card, one in eight chance of winning. That's that's really not bad uh, for anyone who donates this hour and this hour only. If you want to donate, wabe.org slash donate, or you can call at six seven eight five five three nine zero nine zero six seven eight five five three 
800-242-9090. Again, t- please take a moment right now to donate there and at wabe.org slash donate. Hello, I'm Nina Totenberg from National Public Radio. The news from NPR sounds very different. We don't settle for sound bites. We provide context, meaning the reasons why the event is news. It costs WABE a great deal of money to provide you with this type of daily coverage, and WABE's most reliable source for this is you. Demonstrate your support for radio that makes a difference in your life. Call now, 678-553-9090 or wabe.org. And thank you. I tell you, I love Nina Totenberg so much. Let me tell you something. I can, I would love to have her as like a, an instructor or an educator because she, she makes explaining anything judicial easy. And even some folks who are elected can't explain it as well as Nina Totenberg. But thank you so much for what you said, Nina. And thanks to you for your gift of support. It really takes just a few moments. It really does to pay for that context and meaning that she just mentioned. Now, WABE really does rely on you. I mean this. I'm not just making it up to bring you everything you love here on WABE. And your gift will help us bring you more to inform and, as now we say, amplify Atlanta. So, again, it's so easy to do wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. We need about, our goal this hour is 11. That's not bad. We can do it, Atlanta. 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. And as always, I say thank you. And look, you and I know tons of attorneys. Uh, what are we saying? And, I mean, and <laughs> legal analysts. Okay. Well, we all I get into you- that. No, not that part. <laughs> but... It's one thing to know the law. It is a whole nother thing to explain the law and explain it to our audience and to any audience. That's that's the and and that's where we as reporters and and on the political team, it's one thing to say this bill's passed or that bill. It's a whole nother thing for us to have those conversations and say, hey. This is what's going to happen with a distracted driving bill. Mm -hmm. What will actually happen if that bill passed? And what are the implications down the road? Hey, look, one of the things we're going to be trying to keep an eye on is the new Atlanta police chief Mm -hmm. and what that's going to mean for policing Atlanta. Why is all that journalism important and why we need your help? That journalism takes time. So Mm -hmm. consider becoming a sustaining member of WAB, $10 a month. It's one of the most popular ways for people to give $10 $10 may seem seem like a small amount, but think about where you spend $9 here, $10 here a month. This is what helps us. Nearly 84% of our funding comes from Metro Atlanta, comes from listeners like you. It's important to help us. Go to wab.org slash donate and thank you. Does your day begin and end with WABE? Are you always updating your friends and family on the latest news? If so, you might be the ultimate WABE fan. And we've created a set of five brand new thank you gifts with you in mind. It's the WABE Dollar a Day Collection. With your one-time donation of $365 or monthly at around $30, you'll receive two brand new WABE t-shirts, the WABE window cling and tote bag, and the limited edition mug with illustrations by Fabian Williams. Stand in support of fact-based news and give monthly at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And thank you. So look, since you're listening right now, why not make what could be your very first public radio gift at wabe.org slash donate or with a call to 678-553-9090. And as always, I say thank you. Now, I want to tell you about this. 
We told you earlier that we opened up our Closer Look archives, the vault, as we say, because we wanted to revisit some of those conversations. And you all said, you know what, Rose? We enjoyed this conversation. Earlier in the week, it was Lou Gossett Jr. Well, let me tell you something. That was the case for legendary comedic actor, author, and singer Vicki Lawrence. She not only came to Closer Look once, but twice. She first joined Closer Look in 2015 and then came back in 2017. Vicki Lawrence always stopped by our studios, but not to necessarily talk about her longstanding career. Don't just wipe that off, Naomi. I want this silver polish so you can see yourself in it. What is a big deal, Ms. Hopper? We never use the stuff. Well, we most certainly do, too. I had it out at your Aunt Fran's funeral. Or was that your wedding? I know it was some tragic occasion. Just a minute here. What kind of Mickey Mouse police needs Goofy's help? Eh, <laughs> closer looking. There we go. Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's Choice for NPR. As always, I'm Rose Scott. Of course, you recognize that voice, that character. is the beloved Thelma Harper, or Mama, from Mama's Family. And, of course, the woman behind Mama is a legendary actor, comedian, Arthur singer, Vicki Lawrence. She became a star on another iconic TV program, The Carol Burnett Show. Here's Carol Burnett talking about Vicki Lawrence. Vicki, Vicki Lawrence, who started out playing my little sister and wound up playing my mama. <laughs> That's from the Carol Burnett 50th anniversary special. Yes, Vicki Lawrence has had an incredible career, but the last few years, she's also been a spokesperson to bring awareness about a serious chronic condition. And we're going to talk about that. It impacts approximately 1.5 million people in the U.S. Vicki Lawrence tours around the nation to talk about it. She joins me in studio. Thank you for taking the time. Good to see you again. It's good to see you, Rose. Here we go. Let's, let's just go back for a second, because when they celebrated the 50th anniversary of the Carol Burnett show which we just heard, and you think back to that teenager, Vicki Lawrence, joining a well-seasoned cast. Were you <laughs> nervous at all? I think I was too young and stupid to be nervous, Rose. <laughs> you kind of grew up on the Carol Burnett show I right did. before us. I did. I did. You know, with, with all your success and, and being able to control your career, then comes something you couldn't control. And, and I want you to take our Closer Look listeners to the first time you noticed something was wrong. We're going to get into the condition in just a moment. But take our listeners to that day that you, know, you noticed there was something not right. Something was happening to your body. Well, I, I actually woke up one morning with the palms of my hands itching. Mm-hmm. And my husband had already gone downstairs and was having his coffee and watching the morning news. And I said, hey, honey, you need to uh, buy a lottery ticket because we're obviously coming into a lot of money tonight because my hands are itching. They didn't stop. So I finally decided, well, I'll just go in the uh, kitchen and do what you do when something itches. You put it in a bunch of ice water, Mm -hmm. right? Itching stopped. Fast forward to the next morning when I wake up, it's Groundhog Day. My husband's downstairs having his coffee and my hands are itching. And I went, this is really weird. So back downstairs into the ice water. Didn't think much about it until later when I was out walking the dogs. And now my arms start itching and my back and my hips and my belly. And I walked those dogs home so quickly I was like, whatever it is, just do it. I have to go. <laughs> mama and, Mama needs to get home. <laughs> absolutely. And, and it's called chronic idiopathic urticaria. Urticaria. 
yeah. or CIU. Did you mm-hmm. have, when they diagnosed you, diagnosed you with this, did you have any idea? Had you even heard of it? No, I never heard of it. I, of course, went to my allergist because I assumed I had done something stupid. I'd eaten something bad. Or I'd changed a detergent, something. And uh, I think that's what everybody thinks when they break out in hives. It's cr- chronic Either that hives. or you think it's stress, maybe. Mm-hmm. Your mother-in-law's nervous breakdown, something, you know, old Old, it's old people get this. I'm not that old. No, and you're not. Anyway, the doctor said everybody breaks out in hives at some point, and we'll get it under control. Don't worry about it. We tried everything you can think of that you would do for an allergic reaction for six weeks, and nothing worked, at which point he said, I believe it's chronic idiopathic urticaria. And I honestly thought he'd made it up. I said, what in the heck kind of a mouthful is that? And it's, it's basically chronic hives. Yeah, it is hives. But it's chronic for a million and a half of us, and it's idiopathic, which means the doctor can't tell you why it's happening. There's no known cause. No. And there's, so there's no trigger for those of us who have it. There's no nothing you ate, nothing you did, nothing, nothing. It's, and, it, and I think that's the hardest part is for people not to blame themselves. Did you think your career was in jeopardy, jeopardy here? Did it prevent you from maybe taking any roles or gigs? I mean, how bad was it for you, Vicky? No, it, it was bad. Uh, it just happened for me at a time when it didn't. It was uh, I was cool. It was everything was good. <laughs> I was walking the dogs, hanging out, but um, it, it, I'd itched. It itched a lot. It was, yeah. My weapon of choice was my wire hairbrush. Oh, Vicky. I know. Think about that. And uh, and then I would jump in the uh, uh, shower mm-hmm. as cold as you you know as cold as I could stand it and I'd keep turning it down colder 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 because I felt like the heat was exacerbating it maybe and then I'd slather menthol lotion all over myself bless my um, husband bless his heart would do my whole you know back and everything and I would just sit on the bed and shiver and shake and just hope that it would calm down enough that I could sleep for a while was there any medication or treatment regimen that you that worked for you at all nothing uh during that six weeks worked at all fortunately i had an allergist who uh, was familiar with ciu and we were able to uh, get my hives under control and i have not seen a hive in quite a number of years now Mm -hmm. Um, so you're managing it i am managing it. it's treatable it's not curable and there are a million and a half of us (laughs) and you have been the last few years this has become not I won't say a passion for you, but it's become important to you because you you travel, you tour, you're bringing awareness about this. And when I saw the word empowerment to others, I did some more research and I found YouTube clips of people talking about mm-hmm. the challenges of living with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's And uh, I mean, I know I, there are a million and a half of us, which I guess in the scheme of things isn't a ton of people. But I feel like in this day and age, there should be somewhere for everybody to go. I couldn't find anything on the Web about this. When I was diagnosed, and I was just lucky that my allergist knew what it was, um, so we were able to to treat mine and, and get them under control. So my message is, um, I I am the poster child for hives. I put my story on this website, ciunu.com, and uh, it's supported by the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. It's made possible by Genentech and mm-hmm. Novartis. So it's smart, and it's a great educational tool for people that are looking for answers and haven't been able to find them. And what about research? What do you know about where we are in terms of research and, and finding something, well, finding a cure or, again, a Well, a there cause. are options. There are, there are, you, you, can, you can keep them under control. You just got to find the allergist that, that mm-hmm. knows about CIU. 
and and they will be able to put a treatment plan together for you. When you talk to people, what do they tell you? What stories are you hearing? Oh my gosh, uh, they've given up, you know, going to the gym. Uh, they've given up their horseback riding because they're sure it's the animals. They've given up going to the beach because they're pretty sure it's the sun or the mm-hmm. sand or the suntan lotion. One lady moved out of her house because she was sure it had to be something in the house that was making her sick. One woman um, showed me a huge notebook uh, that she had kept over the years of trying to get to a diagnosis. Mm. And she had she said, I wish I'd have had this tool to help me get through it. One, one lady started crying. She said, I, when I saw you tell your story on the web, I started crying because I said, I wish that I had known there was anybody else in the world that knew what I was going through. Do you think people really understand, you know, we think of hives and itching. Do you think people, unless they are affected by it, they really understand just, for lack of a better word, how miserable this can be for somebody? Well, I think everybody is familiar with the hives. I just think you automatically think if you break out in the hives, it's something you're allergic to, you know, uh, but for the million and a half of us who have the CIU, it's it's not an allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been linked to some type of immune system, to the immune system, though, correct? Or is oh that gosh, I've been reading gosh, a lot of Rose, different. You've been studying a well, lot. Well, I knew I you were coming back. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know too much about yeah. all the doctor stuff. I just know that I'm, my job, I feel, is to get that acronym out there. Yeah. To, for people to go, you wonder if you've got CIU, and I heard Rose and Vicky talking about this, or I saw her on the morning news, or I, you know, and let's look into this. Let's look at the website. Let's see if it looks like maybe this is you. Wow. And I've had tons of people will be in the television studio, and people will rip off their headset, and, you know, the stage manager, I gotta go call my mom. I think this is her. She's been looking for years. <laughs> you know, so I'm just trying to get the word out there that you're not alone. You're not the only person going through this. You know, there's a bunch of us and just get uh, more of a conversation going. And how long do you want to do this? Because you've been doing this for a while. You've been touring. You've been the spokesperson. Your face has been on the front of this. You want to continue to do this? I guess as long as we're getting good feedback and yeah. and, and getting the word out there and more people are, are, are needing it and are not enjoying it. That's the wrong word. Yeah. But, you know, using that website and getting some answers. Well, I, I imagine that your voice has, has been so such a positive vessel for so many people. And, you know, last time you were here, you know, we had a chance to speak to your character, Mama. But but, but I, I don't want to ask you that. Um, but I will ask you <laughs> if you'll sing. Uh, sing? If you'll sing with me. Oh, for heaven's sake. Is this your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> I mean, you are in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. How did you come to record this? Well, I was married to the guy that wrote it. Well, that helps. For about 10 minutes. <laughs> and that was sort of the only good thing that came out of the whole dang marriage. He wrote this little song, and he didn't like it. He hated it. He And uh, I said, it's a smash. He said, well, then you do the demo, which I did. And uh, he took it to his producer, who could not give that song away, tried to give it to everybody. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. They said it'll offend everybody in the South. Not no good. I said it's a smash. Finally, his uh, producer said, "Well, let's just go in the studio and do it with Vicky." It was a smash. It was, and it was the ultimate demise of an already doomed marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I got a gold record in the dog, Rose. That's what happened. <laughs> well, you got something out of I it. I did. I did. <laughs> I saved that dog, if you will. You were just talking to the rescue group. I saved Duffy. 
Vicki Lawrence, thank you so much. You're always so gracious with your time when you come to Atlanta for a very important It's issue. always great to talk to you. We appreciate it. Yeah, you doing thank okay? You. I am. I got a little bit of that bron- bronchial thing going that you've got yeah, going. Yeah, but we're, we're hanging in yeah. there. Yeah, we're. And congratulations, yes. 50 years, Carol Burnett. And it's still, hard to believe, still huh? Still very funny. I was 17, just you were, for the record. You were a I baby. I was a baby. Yeah. Well, I think, know. Well, what's next? What's next? Who knows? I don't know. Mama's family reunion. Mama gets married at oh, 84. I, I keep waiting for the Mama and Medea movie, but I can't get him Madea, to call Mama me. Mama and Medea. That will Is be perfect. Medea? Yeah, Tyler you and Perry. Tyler. I think so. I can't get him to call me. You want me to make it happen? I think maybe he's a little intimidated by Mama. Maybe. I look a script with Mama <laughs> with Thelma Harper and Medea. I think be, maybe he's intimidated. I'm gonna send him this clip. <laughs> Okay. Vicki Lawrence, thank you so much for coming by, as thanks, always. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, look, bad marriage, if you get a dog and a gold record, not bad, eh, Raul? <laughs> I'm still back on the Medeas. I'm still back on Medeas. Oh. What, what a great conversation with Vicki Lawrence. And uh, listen, right now we are in a fundraising mood, and that's great because, you know what, we get to recall, revisit these conversations that you all said you love and I love them, too. But there's another reason to call right now and show your support for WABE. I'm joined now by politics reporter Raul Bali, who will tell you about a very special incentive. And right now we want your support. And what we're giving away is a $250 Visa gift card. And right now your chances of winning it are one in nine. That, that, those are those are great odds for a $250 gift card. It's the only Visa card that we're offering during during Closer Look. And it's only for people who donate this hour, not the rest of the day. Well, and just... the rebroadcast, too. Oh, yeah. And the rebroadcast, too. Yeah. I, you know what? The crazy thing is I listen to the rebroadcast more often than I listen to the show live. Well, you're a busy person. I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I and you know, I do want to shout out a couple of people who have donated. John from Atlanta, thanks, thanks for donating. Courtney from Smyrna, where I used to live back in the day. I lived out in Brookhaven, and Steve from Atlanta. Uh, I care where you live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, oh wait, oh I just got an update. So the chances are one in ten to win the two hundred and fifty dollar gift card, and and. You you hear us laughing, you hear us giggling. You heard the the great interview with 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 Vicky. We have fun even on politics. I mean, probably well. the funniest moment for you and me this session is when we went down the whole trail about possums. Yes, and about making possums the state marsupial. How many emails and calls did you get? About Six. <laughs> I, and someone even sent me a package, and I I think she's like the unofficial ambassador for possums a great package i do want to acknowledge that so listen that's what we're here for i mean information it's it we try to have fun and i think i just i just always want you know people think about npr i always want people to understand that that we do have fun and we do really enjoy this and and if you want to support what we do here we'd love for you to donate it it, the, one of the best ways is $10 a month. Mm-hmm. You know, that is one of the most popular ways to donate. And, and I want to leave you with this number. 84% of our funding comes directly from listeners like you, like John in Atlanta, like Courtney in, in Smyrna, and like Steve in Atlanta. If you want to join us, wabe.org slash donate, or you can call 678-553-9090. My name is Mike Rundle. I live in Atlanta right off Centennial Olympic Park. 
why I appreciate Closer Look is that it deals with local issues primarily around, I find, like quality, fairness, racism, and understanding how our city is trying to deal with those issues or could deal with those issues. I learn stuff that I don't get perspective on anywhere else. Guess what? I learned stuff as well. Just because we're journalists doesn't mean that we can't or we are incapable of learning. Because you know what? As my father would say, the day you stop learning should be the day you stop breathing. I'm like, okay, Dad, got a point there. Listen, if you're still on the fence about joining for the first time, remember that one of the reasons we have these member drives is to remind you how important your gifts are right now to programs like Closer Look. And we make it easy. 678-553-9090. Again, 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org. And as Raul just told you, listen, 84% of our funding comes directly from listeners like you in Metro Atlanta. So please do what you can. That's all. Now that's important too. My father would also say, I can only do what I can do. wabe.org slash donate or call us at 678-553-9090. When you give to WABE as a new sustainer at $20 a month, we'll thank you with our brand new t-shirt. The WABE Amplify t-shirt is black and celebrates your favorite Atlanta radio hosts, Lisa Ram, Lois Reitzes, Rose Scott, Jim Burris, and H. Johnson. So it's perfect for the WABE superfan. And donating at this level comes with one additional gift, the PBS Streaming Service Passport. It only takes a moment to give monthly at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090 and thank you. Again, 678-553-9090. And as always, we say thank you or online at wabe.org slash donate. Raul Bali, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Folks, you still have time to get in on that gift card. You still have time. Go ahead and make it work. Thank you so much, Raul. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE. 